the year was 2023. Destiny, as we know it, the franchise, the beloved game of so many years, is ending. The controversial decision from Bungie had been hand down from the heavens themselves. The crown has fallen. But in this reality, we theorize what Destiny 3 might have been, what it could have been. Put on your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the torch, because it's cellar time. Welcome to the Crack Cellar. As the prophecy was once foretold from the top of a very sharp mountain. I'm Two-Spirit Penguin Daniel. And I am Broadcaster Nichols, who has ascended with the help of Billy G in his backseat. Praise Billy G. And also praise Ubisoft for completely abolishing any credence of credit they may have had in the industry, with Watch Dogs 3 being one of the biggest flops of all time up there with Mass Effect Andromeda. I never had faith in it, so it's never let me down. <laughs> Broadcaster I never Nich- really... <laughs> that game looked terrible. Broadcaster <laughs> Nichols, Watch Dogs 3, if you had to guess, what percentage of the original sales do you think it met? So, like, let's just... I don't remember how much the original Watch Dogs sold. I know it was popular, and it sold a lot. What now percentage of those sales do you think Watch Dogs 3 did in the same period? Less than a third. <laughs> 10%. Yikes. It did 10% of the sales of the original Watch Dogs. And... Uh, Why wouldn't it, with such a brave and bold take as calling everyone in uh, Britain racist for Brexiting? That is the plot of Watch Dogs 3. Is it really? It is. It takes place in Britain, and it's all about uh, a group of ragtag Marxists fighting all of the evil racists that want to Brexit. That is literally the story of Watch Dogs 3. No fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, God, I mean, who would have thought a game that stunning and brave could have flopped, Broadcaster Nichols? You gotta ask the serious question. What board members in their right fucking minds with their money say, yeah, get political with it? (laughs) (laughs) I just don't get it. Yeah, and I think Watch Dogs 2 was even pretty uh, sjw um, I didn't play it, but I remember hearing that at some point. Uh, so I can't really say for certain, but I think th- this was kind of, you could kind of, if you were a fan of the series, you probably saw this coming a mile away with the third one. Yeah. The hacking and everything was just so rudimentary and lame to me. I'm just like, this is the whole game. Conversations weren't exactly compelling. So yeah. <laughs> that was... Yeah, when I think even the original Watch Dogs I didn't like, and that's the one that everyone thinks is good, 
So uh, I'm not a fan, obviously, but I remember vividly the E3 where they first unveiled Watch Dogs. <laughs> now, this game's graphics looked like they were 15 years ahead of the curve. They, these were the most astonishing graphics you'd ever seen. Everyone was, the hype was so real for Watch Dogs, it was palpable. Then it ends up releasing, and I dare say it barely scratched 50% of the graphics it showed at E3. It was a huge downgrade. And that's what I remember most about Watch Dogs. I think that's what most remember about it. That was that was probably the biggest like letdown as far as what they were shown and what you got before Anthem hit the scene. <laughs> Did Anthem uh, was that developed by the same developers? Watchdogs? No, it wasn't. Right. I think Ubisoft does Watchdogs, right? Yeah, that's like Assassin's Creed and who, shit. Wait, so who does Anthem again? Bioware. Oh God, you're right. Bioware. I forgot. But I That's mean, so is it Bioware? <laughs> Let's be real here. When people yeah. say words like Bungie and Bioware and Blizzard, Blizzard. Entertainment, <laughs> you know what does that really mean anymore? Not too much. It means that they own IPs we grew up with and are abusing them. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, how many flops now? How many of these woke-ass games have flopped in a row? It's every single one, it feels like. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen with the the new... Um, uh, what is it? Fuck. Margot Robbie, what's she doing? She just, she just preached about something today. She's going to make a movie, a girl power movie. It's just like, how is that oh. in... Yeah, they're re- <laughs> like, they they fired Johnny Depp from uh, the oh Caribbean yeah Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I was just trying him. to like reconcile that in my head. I'm like Pirates, Open Sea, the Caribbean, rum, fucking shenanigans, thievery, murder. Yeah, girl it, power? <laughs> Question mark? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's some sick shit because Johnny Depp was has proven that Amber Heard lied about all those accusations and that she's a crazy-ass bitch. And what happens is that he gets fired from all of his stuff and Amber Heard comes back for Aquaman too. Well, what happened in the last deposition? Like, something happened. Because she like it was like a total reversal. Like, Johnny Depp was on the win, and then all of a sudden, like, she, like, brought in the black book or something and just exposed his ass or got the judge to flip. It was weird. Uh, I think he was acquitted of all charges, to my knowledge, and he. I remember hearing a tape that you could hear Amber Heard on the tape literally saying, oh, I'm going to lie about you. I'm going to make up all this shit and get you. I'm going to take you to the clean. You know, like, that's yeah. not word for word, but it was to that, that was, effect. But that all got settled, and, like, that looked like that put Johnny in a good place, but it seemed it like... That all changed recently. <laughs> it didn't change. Hollywood just decided it didn't care, and they were going to punish Johnny Depp anyway and propel Amber Heard up. It's just oh, the most sick. Really? You want to talk about real sexism? Here you go. <laughs> wow the mid like the mistreatment of Johnny Depp and the propelling man, of Amber Heard. He's a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, he got fired from a series that he literally created. Like no one 
that shit wouldn't have gone anywhere without him. He is that series of movies. And I'm not a huge fan. I've seen two of them. I'm not a huge fan, but those two that I saw, it was 99% Johnny Depp and 1% everything else in the movie. Like, he was the movie. Didn't the guy that played uh, Barbosa pass away? I am not sure about that. He was like, I think he, well, he might have not, but if he did, that's a huge part of the cast that you just lost. Orlando Bloom's not coming back. <laughs> Fucking, and no one liked him anyways. Johnny yeah. Depp's gone. The dude that played Barbosa's gone. <laughs> Fucking, what do you? No wonder you're trying something radical. Yeah, <laughs> bring in the woman. And I love Margaret Robbie, and I, I'm not like, I'm not down on this because she's involved in it. I'm just down on it because a you're bringing the rider of birds of prey and that movie just flopped horribly. You're basically saying we're going to do the exact same things that made birds of prey flop in this new pirates of the Caribbean movie. And Oh, by the way, the guy that you're stealing his job was literally attempted screwed into prison by Amber Heard. Like she literally tried to put the guy in prison, got caught suffering no repercussions and he loses everything. It's just, a great microcosm for this world that we live in. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So there's this trend of just woke movies, woke video games flopping and flopping hard. And the the real mystery is the industry does not give two shits. They're losing money. They're just losing well, shit think tons it- of money and they don't care. They're just continuing to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, at this point, there's only two things, right? You can go like Alex Jones conspiracy level and just think that they're a, they're a puppet arm of the government that they're trying to manipulate you and thinking, you know, all that just shit. Solid Alex Jones. Or it could be just the more simpler, far more nefarious thing is, is that they got nothing better. And they think just if they can saturate you with this theme of content that one day you'll like it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just like, it's one of those. Like, like why are you sticking with this clearly failing theme? (laughs) It is very odd that they can afford to lose the money that they're losing. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you hear we need more female or more diversity, or we need less white males or anything. It's like everyone always cheers and you always hear this fan base. They're just like, I am so proud to know that, you know, that we're finally getting something, you know, and then none of them show up. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Show up, no one buys no. anything these movies fucking flop yep. and then they're just like people are sexist they don't like women movies <laughs> it's especially pronounced in video games too like woke video games none of the sjw's on twitter show up to buy those video games that they Fuck influence no. into oblivion of course they don't yeah it's, it's not about that to them nope they already no. got their money <laughs> they made their money online <laughs> Speaking of uh, woke, though, uh, have you heard about Capcom? Have you heard about Capcom? I once respected them. Why don't you let me know? (laughs) (laughs) So I guess like a letter was leaked or like uh, maybe a transcript of a meeting or something to that effect, an email. And whatever this was that got leaked basically was Capcom talking to shareholders that 
oh, we're going to start uh, tailoring our games to to the Western market and we're going to start censoring and we're going to start allowing the localizers to dictate what our developers create. So essentially Capcom is, is bending the knee to uh, the, the game journal journals of United States. And it'd be really interesting how that works out. Cause I mean, and I hate to say this about Capcom, but they're kind of on the out. I think he, dude, Capcom has always felt like the next Sega. Yeah. Just always so close to the chopping block, always failing with huge IPs that they directly owned that they just can't seem to reinvent on any level, you know? And then then they have a huge backlog of great video games that they don't even seem to fucking care about. Oh, I know. And it's just, it's almost like you want to see Capcom die. Maybe I'm just speaking from my own personal belief, but it's, it's just like it's sad to see what Capcom is, where you're just like people are begging for a Marvel versus Capcom fucking what four, and it's like pulling teeth from them. Mm-hmm. Marvel versus Capcom four. When did we get Marvel versus Capcom two? What year was it? You know, and it's 2020. <laughs> it's just it's fucking insane to me. And people are like asking, when's the next Oni Musha going to come out? It's just like I laugh. I'm like, you think they give a flying fuck about Oni Musha? <laughs> no yeah. way, dude. Like, make, look what they did to Kenji Inafune. Yep. They fucking. I mean, I'm not saying Kenji was a, a saint by any means. He's kind of a psychopath himself. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just like, but nonetheless, it's like. Uh, that guy uh, arguably put you guys on the map. All oh, right. He did. He did put him on you the know, map. was one of the main people, one of the handful of original people that put you on the map. And you guys just callously let him go and you just fucking put his IP to the back burner and let it get shit on and sprinkled on top. Like, what the yeah. fuck? It- I think arguably Capcom's biggest game of the, like the last five years is the the new Street Fighter, Street Fighter Five, and yeah. that game was financed by Sony. They literally wouldn't make the game, and Sony's like, "Okay, fuck, listen, we'll give you like sixty percent of the development cost. Just fucking make the game." And finally, that got them to make a new Street Fighter, one of the biggest games of all time, one of the most like legendary series of all time. That's what it took to get them to make a sequel. <laughs> Yeah, and put that in still, like, let's measure that to what I just said earlier. Street Fighter Five. When did Street Th- Fighter Four get made? Three get made and two get made. How many versions of two did we get? You know, it's just <laughs> you compare it to other fighter games that are on the exact same level. How many Mortal Kombats are we on right now? More than double than what Street Fighter is sitting on right now. <laughs> yep. All right. How many uh, Guilty Gears have we gotten? How many... Um, uh, uh king uh shit king of fighters how many um fuck how many drag dude i think there's more dragon ball z fighters at this point <laughs> than there are street fighter games dude <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just- capcom is it's just bizarre like the mega man x they just refuse to make a new mega man x and it's literally the most popular <laughs> game of the snes in the yeah. SNES, talk about a console that just had a lineup of killers. The SNES, like you could go through the top fifty games of the SNES and barely crack the surface of the greatness of the library of the SNES. 
For sure. And they have like multiple games in the top five. And they won't make sequels to any of them. Like they, and when they do make games, they suck. They won't give. They won't hire talented developers to make these. And apparently, they've gotten rid of all the old talent because there is nothing about Capcom today that resembles even an iota of what they used to be in the nineties. And I think what it, I think what it really comes down to is is we just we always like to think. I mean, we eventually know these studios don't represent anything that we we grew up to know about them, you know, that all those people that were involved, all those projects eventually leave. Maybe there's a handful, but I think it happened. I think that process that we're taught, we're trying to describe happens a lot quicker than the people leaving physically leaving the studio. I think that's just the end result. I just, I think the core problem with all these studios and us always asking why, why, why are you not using these IPs is because they don't know how to use the fucking IPs. It's a problem of ownership. These people that have made these original ideas, they left, but they didn't take their ideas with them. They legally couldn't take their ideas with them. And it's just a crying fucking shame because then you get us fucking two jabronis talking about Capcom fucking, not making Onimushas and not enough street fighters and stuff like that. And it just comes off preposterous, but on the real level is they're not capable of doing it. None of those people that made those games are fucking there. And any of the people that are there that even show a fucking feign of interest in making those games are just not the people that should be doing it. <laughs> Let's yeah. just be real here. Let's just yeah. be super real. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really unfortunate. And, it happened a lot faster and harder in the Western developers, like all these Western developers. This all happened to them like probably 10 years ago, mostly some 15 years ago. Like it was much quicker. Now we're starting to see the same thing happen in Japan where the old guard is leaving and the new guard wasn't trained. Like they, I I don't know what it is. If they just didn't have the right tutelage, if they didn't have the right mentors, but we're now starting to see companies like Capcom simply not be able to develop good sequels to their legendary IPs because their talent sucks. They don't, they don't feel it. They don't understand what made Capcom special. It's, it's sad because a lot of Japanese developers are holding tight, but some of them are slipping through. And I think Capcom is one of them, unfortunately. And it pains me to say it because man, (laughs) back in the day, dude, was there anything more exciting than a new Capcom game coming out in the (laughs) nineties? Nah, dude, (laughs) Capcom just had hitter after hitter yeah. for so long. It's a shame. It is. And what is also a shame, Broadcaster Nichols, is that I'm currently playing Destiny 2 Beyond Light on a GTX 1070 and not an RTX 3080, as was originally planned. Uh, <laughs> Broadcaster Nichols, what do you think about the fact that the 3080s sold out immediately, the 3090s sold out immediately, the 3070s sold out immediately, all the big Navis sold out immediately, all the PS5s and the Xboxes sold out immediately, and there's no stock of any of them ever, and if anything does come in stock, it's gone in three seconds. Dark winter. (laughs) (laughs) Was that what Biden was talking about when he brought up the dark winter? I think so, man. It's the only thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's just bullshit. All these people, it, it's just these companies just kept their marketing schemes on track like coronavirus didn't happen. And mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy how they could convince everybody 
that it, that's that was the 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 truth somehow even though they all cared about coronavirus and they all saw how coronavirus was impacting every other facet of fucking reality but then when it came to video games and technological hardware that comes and manufactured directly out of the epicenter of this virus you know they thought oh i don't know everything nothing got delayed my overlords are telling me everything's peachy keen <laughs> fucking then it comes to the launch day and all these technologies what is there 12 at each store <laughs> there's people dude there were stories of people waiting in line saying there's 14 available only the first three customers got some <laughs> wow. like, what is that what does that even mean yeah you know are they, with the not only were the companies or the manufacturers lying but the people that at the stores had such a limiting stock they were willing to not even sell the whole batch to their customers like they wanted them so bad like they knew how rare they were going to be for the next year or something <laughs> like what is that yeah there's definitely some fuckery going on with all this because one or two things you think okay that's fine but it seems like there's a concerted effort to kind of give people hope and then take it away for the last year. In the year 2020, I feel like the theme has been give people hope, rip it out of their hands. And nothing is a bigger example than all the, these video cards and these consoles all coming out ironically in this year of the COVID and none of them even meeting a baseline, like a sketchy baseline of uh stock all these were paper launches basically the playstation sold out like two minutes after it went on sale say i think the xbox was almost the same like five minutes maybe uh the rtx's the the 330 series or is it 3000 series whatever they call it those i was waiting when those came out the the buy button never lit up Oh, they yeah. were There's taken, so many people have the exact same story. They were taken by scalpers immediately with robots that were doing robot orders. That's the only way that the button literally cannot appear when you are sitting there refreshing every 10 seconds. And it goes from not yeah. available to sold out in one split second. That is not possible. And it happened with the PS5, the RTXs, the big Navis, all of it. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe these aren't paper launches. I think it's a mixture of what's obviously a mixture of real things like supply chain issues. Obviously more people are AKA more customers than ever because of the current situation, you know, like those two things. I don't think people put enough weight on like on a personal level you know when you're thinking about it like don't think like company conspiracies or are like scalpers and things like that because those have always existed a company is not gonna purposely try to lower their stock they're gonna try to get as much as they can and then over inflate what they actually have to to for marketing right and i like people on a personal level need to think about those things and just I don't know, just cut through the bullshit more and not allow this hype to take place because (laughs) it's our own fault. (laughs) You know, like we should know better, but 
I think because personally for me, the reason why I got so hyped is because I haven't had a graphics card in so long. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was, I remember when the 30 series first got announced, and I was talking to you and I was like, I think I might get a 3090. <laughs> I was that excited. You know, I wasn't even willing to think about like, well, should I, uh, is that even worth the dollar for the bank? Like a, less than a week later, I was like, I ain't getting a fucking 3090. But it's just like, we get so, I got so crazy about it. I wasn't really thinking about the reality of how you're actually going to get these cards. You know? China shut down for how many months? And that's where all these dyes are made. <laughs> you know, that's where these things are manufactured. I feel like we just let ourselves down, most importantly, with this, this mm. whole thing. Well, yeah. Broadcaster Nichols, are you ready to get to our preview of Destiny 3? Indeed. What's that? You want more crack seller? <laughs> This is good. Join your lords on Twitter at the Crack Cellar and Facebook.com slash the Crack Cellar. Hey, you over there. Are you a straight up Chad or a strong woman? Well, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcasting app. Or, if you're a straight up beta cuck, find us on YouTube with the rest of the Cloud Chasers. And we're back with our preview of Destiny 3. Broadcaster Nichols, I have one very simple question for you. Will Destiny 3 actually exist? Will it happen? Not in Bungie's hands. You think 343 is going to step in and be like, we got this, bro. God. <laughs> God. <laughs> I would fall on my sword. <laughs> I would just, I would just, oh man, God, talk about history repeating itself. I would cry blood. I just <laughs> be such a such a turn of events. I don't know, man. Destiny three seems so unattainable at this point. They don't seem capable of of making a a standalone game, you know, cause you just, you look at what destiny, what destiny one was, and then what destiny two was, which everyone knows from, if anyone was there from the beginning was a huge step back. And in their own, in Bungie's own words, you know, we have a lot of correcting quote unquote to do to get back to where we were. So destiny two already started on this. We need to get back to where destiny one was, which is a really bad sign, you know, (laughs) but then I'm going to give you another notion that is still prevailing to this fucking day. And every time I hear it, it makes a little throw up come in my mouth. You know, when every time a new DLC is launched and the criticisms come and the reviews come in. It's always a disappointment. It's always a nothing burger. It's always, it could be more. And what the final notion I always hear out of these goddamn reviewers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that is, is here it comes. Mm -hmm. The next one has to be it. It (laughs) has to be the knockout of the park. If it's not, it's over. I've heard that for five DLCs now. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just like, well, third time's fucking you're out, right? <laughs> so yeah. what the, what's going on here? <laughs> so this is like when you think about Destiny 3 after after these planned expansions come out, it's just like I just don't think it's in the fucking cards. <laughs> it's, yeah, it doesn't feel like it is and it, like also does it deserve to happen? Like does Destiny does Destiny deserve a third game because at this point I'm not sure anymore. Like what when I first played original Destiny, vanilla Destiny, and Dinklebot took me to the moon where we fought wizards. All I could think about was this is a rough around the edges game that has potential higher than any other game I have played in my entire life. The potential was the X factor. It's always been about potential with destiny. Right. And since then they've just, it's been one step forward, two steps back, every single expansion, every all the way up to destiny two, which let's be honest with ourselves. Destiny two was an expansion of destiny one that they didn't, they were forced to call a new game. I don't know if it was Activision or what happened, but that was an expansion. That they just yep. like, oh, no, it's Destiny 2 now. I think it was because so some people don't realize this, but Destiny 1 Activision was only a publisher. Everything done in Destiny 1 was Bungie. There were no other studios helping them. Mm-hmm. That was them. So when you measure all that content from D1 and you compare it to the cadence in of releases for D2, it's not actually fair because they had High Moon Studios and uh, Vicarious Studios helping them and uh, whatever other assets from Activision because Activision wasn't just publishing them anymore. They were actually giving them development assets, you mm-hmm. know? So <laughs> it just makes you think, you know, was bu- the bungee that we actually got once destiny actually launched in 2014 because destiny one was supposed to launch in 2013 remember they had a huge shakeup one year before launch Mm -hmm. well the inevitable launch and they scrapped the entire game and came out with something else yeah there are legends about the original story of destiny one like even peter dinklage who voiced the original ghost yeah there was an interview where he talked about he's like yeah you know there there was a lot of stuff that just isn't in the game yeah (laughs) like that's because everything i i still think everything that we've gotten now this is not some of this is just my own conspiracy that a lot of people out there think as well but a lot of it's based on fact just straight up fact that we know of from accounts of ex-employees not only from Bungie's mouth themselves on things that they showed us that I don't even maybe they didn't really quite understand the implications of showing it off would be but, (laughs) but they did anyways the fact that over two or three years ago we got what a uh, beta footage of what bait or destiny originally looked like and in that footage they show you exploring europa <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> you know and sure people are just like no oh, it's super beta you know it's just super it's super undeveloped it's just rough around the edge of shit they may be sure they were maybe planning on going to europe but it never happened it's in the fucking ui mm-hmm. they had they had rough sketches. Clearly, they show that like it's not 
you if if you can just clearly throw the benefit of the doubt in one way, you have to at least understand the possibilities of going the other way. Because everything that we've gotten up to 20 November 2020 is stuff that coincidentally was stuff that they were milling around in their heads back in 2013 and before. Mm-hmm. Well, there's yeah, uh, there's a running conspiracy theory that essentially all the content that Destiny 2 has released has actually been scrapped content from D1. It absolutely is, and that's why it feels so separate and mm-hmm. segregated. And everybody's like, why does this feel like some standalone bullshit story? Because it was dissected from a story that everybody that currently works at Bungie doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and how could how could Destiny 3 even happen right now at Bungie in its current state? They could barely muster a five-hour expansion. What does yeah, that dude. say about how they're going to develop a from-the-ground-up brand-new Destiny title with a $60 game's worth of content? How many years of Destiny have we gotten? Six years through Destiny 1 and 2, mm-hmm. right? Six years of Destiny, we haven't gotten one new enemy. We have rarely, I think, since D1's impl- implementation, I wonder, I, I bet you the increase in unique, architecturally defined loot is very incremental very i'm talking about like you know world loot pools and stuff when mm-hmm. they like reskin off based off like foundation loot you know what i'm saying yeah H- how many of those have we ever gotten in destiny as a franchise not that many all the vendor refreshes and stuff especially in destiny 2 have been essentially just reskins. Even some oh, of the God. best ones we've gotten have just been really good reskins so they're just re-skins. in disguise they're just yeah. be- they're so good you just didn't quite notice at first that they were just really exotic versions mm-hmm. of base loot you already had. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too because when you say stuff like that, it reminds me of Whisper Whisper of the Worm. Because I remember when Whisper of the Worm first came out, I was enamored with that. I thought, okay, finally Destiny is doing what I knew it had. Like when we talk about the potential of Destiny and like this unlimited universe of potential I saw within it, Whisper of the Worm the entire beginning to end of that was exactly what I saw in my mind as like the possibility for how they could design content in that game. And then you told me, oh, that's just a weapon from D1 reskinned. Yep. And I was like, it deflated me like a balloon, like a whoopee cushion losing air. I just remember just sitting there like, oh, great. So the thing that I just got super hyped for actually was just rehash reskinned content. But it shows, but you know, that, that example shows you the confliction of, of greatness versus just shitting the bed in destiny, because you have such this great implementation of a story, a miniature storyline for an individual weapon. The quest was dope. The areas were dope. The, everything about it was dope. And then at the very end, you get a dope ass weapon, but what is it? It's a reskin of a sniper that you got years ago with some of the same exact attributes. So you're telling me for three in between those years, we haven't gotten anything new. You're just basing everything off of shit you've had forever. 
You're not like Destiny is like the master of giving you shit you already have. Yeah. Like, I mean, fuck, even in the newest expansion, dude, they took away so much loot, right? And mm-hmm. they, they sunsetted so much shit and they said it's to make room for new, new stuff. And in the storyline, Varix gives you a forsaken sniper rifle, a forsaken sno- loot sniper rifle, the long shadow or whatever it's called. We've had that sniper for years. What the fuck? <laughs> Bungie like <laughs> paid $40 for that expansion. It's just, I, it just, it, it kills me. Cause I've paid that much for every single expansion. And I, mm-hmm. and I'm talking shit and I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to myself why it's all wrong, but I do it anyways. And it's just, it boggles my mind. <laughs> that potential, dude. You see that potential and you can't shake it. Even though you know you've just been getting screwed over by this company, it's like you still yeah. see it in the the corner of your eye. You just know it's like I know what this could be, but it refuses to be that. And that kind of brings me to my big point for Destiny Three. They need to shit or get off the pot. They need to decide if they are an MMO or if they are not an MMO and embrace it. Whichever way they want to go, because they have been in this fucking weird limbo ever since the original D1 came out, where they're kind of an MMO, but they're kind of not. They balance things for not being an MMO, but then in another part of the game, they balance it for being an MMO. They have vertical progression in a game that's clearly designed for horizontal progression. Absolutely. They're conflicted as hell, and they just need to make the choice and go with it. And some people out there, they don't know what vertical versus horizontal progression is. That's a that's a unique term to a lot of people. Why don't you go ahead and explain that novelty to them? <laughs> go ahead, Professor Nichols. So vertical progression, right? You have a, a straight vertical stack of power in the game. So you have a power level, you gain experience, you go up that level, that's that puts you on level a par with everything else. So there's a you're level two, you go into a level two area, you're able to fend for yourself. You know everybody else's level two is on your same exact maybe they have different skills, but numbers wise, base wise, they're all on your level, right? Horizontal progression is something where you you don't necessarily have to be a a certain level to be way better in something right there's this flat board of abilities and classes out there and you can go any direction you want right and it, a level doesn't gate you from it is that does that sound right yeah it means that almost all gear can be applied to almost all content that's essentially what horizontal progression means right so essentially in destiny terms you could get Whisper of the Worm, right? And that is a utility tool, essentially. It's mm-hmm. never going to be like, oh, remember the year Whisper of the Worm was good? Mm-hmm. It's going to be, oh, dude, they just released this content. And I think Whisper of the Worm will be fucking perfect for yeah. this thing. You yeah. know? Exactly. It it makes it so situationally you use gear. So you do a raid here, you do a raid there. A year later, you do some more raids. Raid gear that you, in a horizontal game, raid gear that you gain from a raid, let's say, four years later, is just as powerful as gear that you got four years ago. It's just used differently. Whereas in vertical, 
the gear you got four years ago, you might as well delete it. It's absolutely worthless. It cannot be used in anything. It's almost like, I guess in a simpler analogy, it's almost like the games require you to, the, the games evolve mechanically and not in a power dynamic. You know, mm-hmm. like as the exactly. game goes on, the mechanics are the challenge loop, not the not the pure power stat thing. Like this yeah. enemy now has 30 percent more health, 30 percent more damage, 30 percent whatever evade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that, does, it's just it never evolves like that. It never stacks yeah. up that way. Vertical progression is Final Fantasy. Horizontal progression is Zelda. In Zelda, you get new equipment that's just as powerful as your old equipment. It's used in different ways. Right, right. So in Final Fantasy, they have increased stats that makes the old gear completely irrelevant. And then they all in their system in that game to make up for that kind of flaw that system or that hole that system Mm -hmm. leaves is vanity. Exactly. Hey, we know you really like the look of that weapon that's useless now. So let's bring up the image of it, but leave the stats of it behind. Yeah, and that is a mechanic made for vertical progression MMOs that realize our new gear sucks and all, everyone wants to look at the old gear, so we're going to let them just put their old graphics over the new gear, which is a stunning indictment on like their new teams. Like, if you, like think of if you're in a World of Warcraft MMORPG and new expansion that comes out in 2020 and you have like this ultimate sword that you just got from the final boss of the newest raid in wow and the first thing you do is you go to the glamour shop and you put some sword that was released in 2008 over it what an indictment on the current development team well think about the the slow attitude burn on those systems themselves you know eventually Mm -hmm. originally those systems were kind of scoffed at because of that exact notion (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. then they slowly lightened up there. It's like they slowly conceded. They're just like, yeah, we know we suck now. <laughs> uh, speaking of sucking, let's get back to D3. What are your predictions for monetization? So D1 to D2, obviously we have the Eververse and there's been much talk about the Eververse and we don't need to go over that whole thing again. But what do you think is going to happen D2 to D3 for monetization? What disgusting gross things do you think they're going to do well i I think this will actually be a little bit more optimistic because if there is a destiny 3 if there is a destiny 3 i would think that they would have to have reformulated their team gotten some people in there that actually know well at this point maybe the original people can't even fix anything it might have taken on its own life but nonetheless they would have to reformulate their team to a size and efficiency to the point where they would have to be able to release a good amount of content regularly with fair prices and kill the everfers i just i don't think destiny can stay alive even with half of the monetization it has in it. It has everything besides a subscription, a monthly subscription fee. Like I think most other games are jealous of what destiny has going on. They like have this loyal fan base that is just duped into thinking they're getting a deal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is, but they have 
ex- Comet expand. They have forty dollar expansions. They've they once upon a time had small fifteen dollar expansions. They have the 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 real money store, the Eververse. They have in game currency. They have uh, seasons now that you can buy, which essentially are the small fifteen dollar expansions. Essentially, again, cough cough. It's pretty much like a subscription fee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they like just renamed the monthly subscription fee. <laughs> and uh, what else do they have? I mean, they they even have, and this is something people don't often think about, but they have exclusive in-game items that only are available through purchasing real-life goods. And that's not just like the legendary, ver- like the super legendary versions of physical games or anything. Like uh, you go to Bungie.com and you... And you buy one of the lore books or you buy a t-shirt. They give you emblems and stuff that you can't get anywhere else. And sure, that's just, you know, an emblem. Who gives a fuck? It's just you have to consider these things. They have all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have like so much of it. If anything, monetization needs to get stripped back a little bit. And they need to reassure the fans that want a Destiny 3 that they can deliver this time. Because I don't know if anyone's going to take another four years of nothing, especially when they're supposed to wrap it. I mean, if you look at the expansion names, it sounds like the the, the franchise is wrapping up. Lightfall mm-hmm. is the final expansion name, right? And so this Beyond Light, we got the darkness, right? We went to Europa. We finally found out about the Exos origins and all that stuff and, and how Exos work and the Vex and the darkness and stuff like that. The only real thing that's left is taking out Savathun and maybe taking on like the physical darkness which we thought was the veil you know we thought we were going to get like a glimpse of a new enemy in this expansion but we didn't so is I don't and I don't just from the name I don't think the witch queen which is the next expansion is going to do it for us. I guess it's going to be some reskinned hive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then there's Lightfall after that, which maybe, maybe that will be a new enemy race, but then you got to raise the big question mark. Why introduce a brand new enemy set the last year of a franchise? You yeah. think really be like that move would be more likely reserved for a Destiny three. Gee, you'd think, you know? but I thought Destiny <laughs> two would have a new class in it, and it didn't. So all bets are off with these guys. They don't really, yeah. they they know what you want, and I think they get off on not giving it to you. Well, I think they they get off on the idea of stealing it from you and in their own egotistical way, making it better three years down the road, hoping you forgot that you actually suggested the idea. <laughs> you know, they're just like, we came up with your idea, but it's ours. Cause we made it 10 times better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my monetization predictions are probably a little more straightforward. I think that, the break from Activision has proven one thing to me, and it's that Activision was not the devil on Bungie's shoulder. It's quite the opposite. I think oh, Activision yeah. might have actually been the angel on Bungie's shoulder. And I believe that they are going to go down a dark road of monetization in Destiny 3. I think we're going to get pay-to-win mechanics. 
and they're going to disguise them and try and trick you into thinking they're not pay to win. They're going to take phone game style mechanics to sort of say, well, you can earn this in game, so it's not pay to win. But if you pay for it, you'll get it tomorrow. If you want to do it free, you'll have it next year. That is what I believe is coming to Destiny 3. Uh, th- something like Whisper of the Worm. I have a feeling that you're going to get something like that. And you're going to have to spend mm, 40 bucks on it. And if you don't want to spend 40 bucks on it, they're going to make you grind something that's going to take six months to a year instead. Those are the type of mechanics I expect in Destiny 3. Those sound like phone game mechanics. That's where I think it's going. I, Destiny Bungie has shown me nothing but downward spiral. When it comes to monetization, they had a chance when they broke from Activision to say, you know what? We weren't these people. This was Activision. Guess what? Eververse is gone. No more vendor there. Put just like a a cake factory there where they just give you some cake that gives you an XP bonus every time you show up at the tower. Eververse is gone. <laughs> but no, they doubled down on Eververse. They actually made the Eververse worse. They reduced the amount of engrams you got. They reduced the amount of bright dust you get. Oh, yeah. And increased all the items you can get. Dude, some of this shit in there is mm-hmm. so cool looking. Mm-hmm. You're just like, what the? Fuck? Yeah, and most of the gear that's not in the Eververse looks like garbage. That's yeah. going to continue. That's going to get worse. It's pretty sad when the most creative loot is fucking hidden behind a paywall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once you get to the point where power is hidden behind that paywall, that's when things get really bad. And uh, I think we're getting real close to that. But we shall see. Uh, Broadcaster Nichols. Top three things that Destiny 3 could do, but won't because Bungie are cowards. I will allow you to take the number three. Go. (laughs) Uh, this one is going to be controversial. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that come from Halo days and the great old days of ranked matchmaking. And, and they're just like, Destiny deserves to have a great PvP. And I'm here to tell you that that is a tumor, a cancerous <laughs> tumor on the Destiny franchise that needs to be cut the fuck off. There's nothing wrong with a good PvP game. And I'm totally not against Bungie making one of those again. But they need to separate it from Destiny. Destiny is PvE, in my opinion, with them desperately trying to turn it into a PvP game or have a PvP section. And if they had enough people and time and creativity... It might work, but they don't. They simply don't. So kill it. Expand on PvE. And like you said earlier, fucking take a shit or get off the pot. Turn it into a real MMO. If you want PvP elements so bad, do it MMO way. Mm -hmm. Make player killer world pvp make you imagine just doing public events on Nessus and all of a sudden you get in a huge PvP war. Dude, well, think about it this way. It could be that would be dope too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ruling that out either, but it could be even more simpler. I think you're rolling into a lost sector, right? And like playing Bloodborne, all of a sudden it says intruder, you know, or mm-hmm. hunter, you know, and all, and you're just like, oh, fuck, dude. And like a taken portal 
like just opens up above you right (laughs) and these motherfuckers you know what the ascendant plane is Mm -hmm. so anyways like maybe there's a mechanic where like you can jump into this ascendant plane hub and you just see all these taken portals of different player instances where they're going through like lost sectors or on a public event or whatever it is and you just like come down as player killers and just try to wreck their shit and then you leave you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. why aren't there mechanics like that you don't have to have like this totally separate pvp arena entity that obviously gets no fucking love let's be real here everyone can agree with that pvp in destiny gets no fucking love it's just a holdover from halo they don't they don't want to let go of the ghost of halo yeah think about how many like trials of osiris is the biggest glaring thing like we always every time they talk about where trials is like we want it to be the pinnacle of trials we really want to just nail it out of the park but it's never coming which is really an indictment on what pvp is (laughs) anyways yeah so pvp needs to die all right that's a good number three and i totally agree with you i it's either that or you go all in on pvp and you scrap the the pve I think you got to go one way or the other, I think in this game. And I agree with you. It should go PVE. The most exciting elements of this game, the most fun you have in destiny has nothing to do with the fucking crucible. It has to do with (laughs) going to the Leviathan and taking on callus. Like you, the, the, the most epic moments of this game are all PVE by far. It's not even a close race. So I, I say you double down on that and I agree with you. So, yeah, my number two, though, is not going to be controversial. I want ship combat, Broadcaster Nichols. We've <laughs> talked about this many times. When when Destiny 1 first came out, and I noticed that, okay, not only can you get a ship, but you can customize your ship. And these ships all look like they have different configurations. And they actually go out of their way to like show you scenes where your ship is in orbit. Your ship is going into orbit going into the planet your ship is going to warp speed you see your ship in hyperspace going warp speed like they have all these elements of ships being involved in the game but when you really boil it down they're essentially screensavers they're load screens yep this vanity filler i say fuck that dude i say you 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 know what I'm going to double down on your number three in my number two. I'm going to say you take PVP out and you replace it with ship combat. <laughs> Which I would just be an extension of PVE. Just, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? You could add some PVP in combat. there too if you want, but I agree with you. I think that these ships are cool. I think it's one of the coolest things about Destiny. I've always thought that. There are like a hundred different ships. There are so many different ship designs in Destiny. I've Every time I go into a Crucible, into a Gambit, and you get to that load screen where you see all your teammates and their custom ships, I see new ships almost every single time I get in one of those screens. I look them around, I'm like, oh, I've never seen that one before. Every time. For six years now. But yeah, we can't do true. anything with them. Yeah, it's funny, too, because ships are like the red herring for me in Destiny that the the original crew that had the idea for Destiny is not aboard the ship Mm -hmm. at all. Because it's just like when you see those ships and when you first get it in D1 and the way they show you come into orbit and how you come off the ship and just just uh, appear like what what's that effect? You just kind of. Uh, materialize on the ground or whatever your light power when the trailer 
first came out for that in E3, the way they presented that was just like ships are going to be something, you know, like it just the way they presented it just made it seem like we have ideas for ships. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. We're, we're not. We This is just the tip of the iceberg. And then it literally ended up just being a screen. Yep. <laughs> where they float around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad and I have I have two ideas basically for it. Um idea 1 is Star Fox. You make the ship combat essentially Star Fox levels that you add into the game's campaign narrative into the raid narrative. So imagine you're doing Leviathan and you're doing all the normal shit with Callus, you're doing his little gauntlet and then before you actually get to Callus's throne room he expels you from the Leviathan and puts this crazy, like, omni-shield around the Leviathan and is like, you know, fuck you, bitch. You didn't think I had shields, motherfucker? Get lost. And instead, you go into your ships and you go into, like, a Star Fox level where you're going around the Leviathan taking out these, like, power pylons or whatever that are powering the shield. And then eventually you take everything out, a big fucking... uh callous spaceship boss shows up you kill that then you teleport right back down into fucking callous's throne room and then you take him on that's idea one idea two is a little bit simpler you go into dogfighting mode fucking you look at uh, that new star wars game star wars squadrons that came out just do something like that but with your your destiny ships in the third person not first person that is my big stickler for ship combat in D3. I do not want it to be first person. It needs to be third person, in my opinion. Yeah, it really does. I don't like first person space combat. I think it works for Something. certain games, but for D2, it's not what I want. Not at all. Or D3, I should say. That being said, Broadcaster Nichols, I think you know the number one thing that Destiny 3 could do but won't because Bungie are cowards. Why don't you enlighten us? It was our expert explanation earlier that got me to this riveting point. But horizontal progression (laughs) or leveling, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. it just needs to fucking happen. There's no way you can tell tell us that we're playing a looter shooter and then just slowly make all the loot just obsolete and then worse than that one day once you've band-aided it enough to the point where you've made enough people happy and brought enough of that loot up you get rid of it all (laughs) you just take it all away (laughs) and you say and you say don't worry we have better stuff for you and then give you a two-year-old sniper rifle. Fuck you, Bungie. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you. I think Destiny has been screaming for horizontal progression since the day it was born. Vertical progression was always a mistake for this game. It doesn't, it doesn't work with the PvP. It makes the PvE stale. It's just bad all around. And I agree. It just it needs to go. Don't- the only thing light level should represent in Destiny is the points that you alloc- allocate into the subclass you're using. Mm-hmm. It's not like a power stat, you know. If you have a thousand, if you if if you're at a thousand light, that just means you have that many points to throw in to whatever subclass you're trying to build. You know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Well, on that note, Broadcaster Nichols, as you know, with all of our previews, we like to give either a thumb up or a thumb down or perhaps the dreaded side thumb. In this instance, what do you give Destiny 3? That game came from the fucking moon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's hard to really quantify my feeling. Yeah, it's really hard to quantify (laughs) my feelings of Destiny. I'm going to give it two side inner thumbs coming together to touch tips. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. I'm going to give it a big old fat thumbs down. I think the destiny is a die. I think Bungie should just start a new franchise. They are. I don't see destiny fixing itself. All of history indicates that Destiny is going down and not up. The very few rare upticks in Destiny's history were immediately followed by massive downticks. <laughs> and if, if you look at Bungie's track record, it does not appear that they have the same development team. I mean, obviously they don't have the same development team, but they don't have the same level of developers as they used to. and. Everything that I see coming out of Bungie right now is them having kind of these lesser developers take old stuff and be like, hey, uh, we just need you to like put some paint on this and make it say something else, and we're going to charge $40 for it. I don't think that translates into a new Destiny game. I think that if Destiny 3 does come out, it's going to be really bad. And uh, <laughs> with that... Broadcaster Nichols, are you ready to get to our review of Bungie's Destiny 2 Beyond Light? I am excited. (laughs) Is that what I'm supposed to say? I'm riveted. (laughs) And we're back with our review of Bungie's Destiny 2 Beyond Light. And the creator of this video game describes it as the following. Another pyramid ship has awakened on Europa, the frozen moon of Jupiter. The fallen leader, Aramis, seeks to build an empire using the powers of the darkness. The Guardians will venture to the frozen frontier and learn to wield the darkness and discover the secrets of the Deep Stone Crypt. Uh, broadcaster Nichols. I feel like you're supposed to read that as Savala. (laughs) I was, I was going, Guardian, another pyramid ship has awakened on Europa. (laughs) The forest moon of Jupiter, the fallen leader, Aramis, seeks to build an empire. (laughs) You know, shit like that. (laughs) I should have, I should, you know what? This should have been the one exception where you did the fucking, (laughs) the read of the hypnosis, because that was perfect. You're right. It should have been Savala. But, uh, Man, Europa looks great, doesn't it, Broadcaster Nichols? <laughs> I'm going to start off with some positivity. <laughs> you sounded like you were eating shit while saying that. 
how a, many bison bills did they pay you, Dan? <laughs> I want this on the record now. <laughs> I don't know if it's just my inner Empire Strikes Back fan, but it was great to be playing a sci-fi game on a snowy planet with snowy, cool technology and stuff, you know. Just the the setting I liked a lot, but I thought the execution of Europa was decent. It was it was pretty good. A lot of the areas looked fucking amazing. Like some of the coolest vistas I've seen in this game in a while were in Europa. But I mean, that's one thing Destiny Two's always gotten right anyway. So it's just status quo, basically. The visuals in this game are killer and always have been. Yeah. I would say that the execution of the actual surface of the planet is pretty good. I would say the execution of implementing the planet into the solar system was just not there. Mm-hmm. They gave no like they give no explanation on why you haven't gone to Europa before and really why you're going to go there now and you didn't before. Like, there's no intro. Like, even in the trailer, where it shows the drifter getting his, like, ship and his snow gear on, and he's, like, going towards Europa, I thought that was going to be in the game. I thought that was going to be, like, the CGI movie clip where they kind of introduce Europa into the solar system, you know? They're like, hey, look, drifter's going out towards this planet. No, it's just them on the planet. Mm -hmm. And then once the movie clip's over, they're just like, hey, click on Europa, go there. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, there isn't a lot of pageantry anymore when they introduce new areas. No, not at all. <laughs> it, it is. There's so many things that this game could do better, and this expansion is no different. It's, it has all, I mean, I'm sure you'll agree, it has all the same problems that all the Destiny 2 expansions have had. In fact, this might have the greatest quantity of those problems. I don't know if it has the greatest quantity of them or if the ones that it has are just amplified because so much was taken away. That could be. That could be. And it's uh, not and it's not that you're missing what was taken away. It's just that you know how much was taken away. And you're yeah. seeing what you're getting in place of it and it kind of just rubs you. Yeah. <laughs> and so okay, so let's just say right off the bat, what do you think here? Um did how like what's the percentage of content removed versus content added in this expansion? I think they roughly removed sixty percent of the game. Yeah, that's Rough, about what roughly. I'd say. Yep. Yeah, I was maybe say more. I'm not, 60, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's actually a little bit higher than sixty, if you really think about it. But yeah, it's around there. And I would say they added. <sighs> Maybe fifteen percent. I was gonna say ten. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think fifteen's generous. <laughs> yeah, I think you are being generous as hell. Uh, deeply disappointing storyline. Uh, I really was kind of hyped for the storyline in this game. The trailers kind of made it look like it might be better than it ended up being. They actually show you. I was I was thinking about this yesterday. They almost show you the entire storyline in the trailer. Like that one story trailer that they released, it was like three minutes long. They basically show you all the cutscenes from the entire expansion campaign. Yep. <laughs> they they have to <laughs> to get B roll. That's yeah. just an indictment on how short, oh, man. Uh, the, little the amount of content you get. 
Yeah. It's just <laughs> it was the short. B-roll foot. The B-roll footage we had in our fucking first trailer pretty much sums up the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle to think of too many scenes that happened in this expansion that weren't in that trailer. Almost all of it was. It's it's astonishing really how low content this expansion is for um, it, a, it's a major expansion. It's not just like a battle pass expansion. This is a major expansion. It costs forty dollars, and you you feel like you really feel like you paid. This is like a twenty dollar expansion. It does not feel like a forty dollar expansion at all. When you finish it, you, you don't to even be know real? it's over. You don't even it should know be it's a over. free. It should <laughs> be a free expansion. Oh, in in, a, in the year two thousand two. The the Goodfellas at Turbine would have released a monthly patch for a game called Ashran's Call for free <laughs> that had more content than this expansion. You are correct about that. I think we're like the last two people on Earth that talk about Ashran's Call. <laughs> we probably are. <laughs> probably right. <laughs> but to be serious, this game shouldn't even, the expansion should not even be $20. People are just using that in as a reference to the type of content you get from other games' expansions. Yeah, yeah it's about $20 worth. But they've taken, according to Destiny 2's values, $200 worth of content away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they couldn't even muster a fucking $40 expansion? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, Bungie is setting a stunningly chilling example a present uh a prescient a precedent they are taking Wait. content away that you paid for three years ago and they're saying hey dude i know you paid for this you can't have it anymore this <laughs> this is not normal this is not common i if it happens it doesn't happen very often and it doesn't happen in big games like this they are testing some really dicey waters with this whole we're taking content away thing. It's more nefarious, though, because they have the content vault. It's not going away. It's getting vaulted. It's going to come back and be better. Mm-hmm. Well, you just gave us timeline, right? 2022 is when the last expansion most likely is going to be. So we have two more years maybe three more years of destiny so you're saying in those three years we're most likely not going to even get new content you're going to rehash these planets you just Mm -hmm. took away from us you're going to bring back io but better you're going to bring back mars but better (laughs) it's just bullshit yeah and when mars first came out to begin with it was heavily rumored that the entire mars expansion was Destiny 1 content that they literally just converted to Destiny 2. Yeah, it was. Let's be so, so the content that they're about to give us again, they actually already gave us again. Oh, yeah. This is Inception levels of content Dude, reuse. Bungie, Bungie have turned into, like, master grifters. <laughs> they I'm telling they you, are, dude. dude. <laughs> they're the confidence man of the gaming developers. <laughs> they're so good at it. It stuns me. <laughs> I know, and we're laughing, but it's like we both just gave them money. <laughs> like we're laughing at ourselves, really, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's 
it's it's it, it all you can do all you can do is laugh it's it's comically sad <laughs> it is and uh i thought the storyline for this expansion was comically sad too i i don't want to go into specifics or anything but overall broadcaster nichols how disappointed were you in the storyline <sighs> I don't even know if it's like when you say storyline, that's really giving <laughs> it too much credit. <laughs> you know, storyline <laughs> <laughs> story says that there's some type of beat to follow, you know, like some progress. There is no progress with this story. There is just, this is just a one-off villain dies way too quickly in an absurd way. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to make it so gone with the wind too they, yeah, you're just dude. rolling your eyes so hard but you're, you're like what <laughs> yeah we'll get to this the spoiler but it's just uh, it's just so corny and stupid and short very short short, short. <laughs> and you thought we and were halfway short. through, and then like the next mission, we were done. Yeah, like you thought it, we it, were halfway yeah. through on the last. Mission. I was because I was fooled because I realized what what the trick was, it, and they've oh, they've done this plenty of times, but they did it really heavy handed this time. Was the power gating between each mission, and I noticed because when I was helping you play, because I played it on my own, right? But I had the battle pass because I bought the season. So I had the little bit of experience boost and I wasn't quite aware of how much it was really helping me level up at first. But then by the time I came to your campaign in the warlock and I was seeing how slow you were leveling up in comparison to me with the battle pass, I was just like, dude, I felt the level gating solo with the buff. And now I'm seeing how much you're struggling. If you didn't have me in those campaigns, dude, the campaign would have been artificially boosted by like a day or two, probably, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And the, the funniest part about it is the content reuse, because as we all know, destiny, they're just master S class ninjas at reusing content. And this, this expansion, the campaign, they send you, up and down the same alleyway like nine times and that is the campaign basically yeah. like literally every you're every time like go up this lane and there's a quest come back go back up that lane and go 10 feet higher okay yeah come back now go back that same lane but 30 feet higher. it is yeah. so sad it's not only many... that same lane it's the exact same area it is, the exact dude. same rooms you oh. go through yeah, dude, it, it can be pretty bad. Yeah, this, like, when you really boil down what's new in this expansion, there is not a lot of meat on the bone. That is what I will say overall. Looks fucking cool. It, it does. Yeah, the the, the visuals the are fucking and, amazing. I love yeah. the visuals. The I last, wish I could put the visuals in a different game. That's, That's the good. last thing Dusty and Bungie are clinging on to with their death grasps. They're mm -hmm. like, look at our visuals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, oh man. The the new subclass, though, I was shocked at how over-the-top and cartoony it was. Like, it, Do you think it matches the rest of the game? Because every time I see 
the new subclass and the powers it has. All I can think of is this looks cool, but it looks like it's from a different game. Yeah, and I think the reason for that is it's physical. It's the first, you know, it it just it's the first time like you can actually put like a permanent structure up with your power, right? Like a wall. Mm-hmm. Like you can do the light shield wall or whatever, but that eventually disappears or whatever. That ice wall doesn't disappear from what I understand until you blow it up. You know? And you also can stand on it. You can't mm-hmm. stand on your light barrier shield, you know? It, I don't think you can at least. Maybe you can. Maybe I'm just making all this up, but I think no. the ice is like the first thing that it you is. can like you yeah. cannot stand on the light barrier. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. It's way different. You can tell it's new tech. It's like the only new tech in this expansion is this new subclass. And essentially, your grenade creates objects that you can interact with, stand on, blow up, etc. Which is different and cool, and I like it, but it the graphics themselves, when you see people use them, when you go into Crucible and you see all these people spamming these powers, you're like... This doesn't look like it's from Destiny anymore. I, it it's looks not. like I'm playing a different game. That's been mainly the player base's reaction in PvP, too. Like, all of play, uh, PvP is just pissed. Mm-hmm. That yeah, they're super OP. Yeah. Like, just, like, unforgivably OP. Well, not only that, you can have stasis, but they added that uh, grenade launch. Or, I think, yeah, I think it's a heavy weapon grenade launcher stasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, weapon so you can you can get heavy ammo and freeze people as well mm-hmm. yeah not to mention warlock is way better than everybody else his his charged melee is a freeze a charged melee is a freeze a hard freeze like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it seems like the warlock stasis powers are just out of control op <laughs> it is astonishing but uh yeah, so so we remove like five to six times more content than we add to this expansion, which is one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard of. I have played MMOs my entire life, and I have never seen an MMO release a, an expansion or content patch, whatever you want to call it, and remove half the fucking game. It is bold. It is brazen. And the balls on Bungie to just do this and just be like, it's cool, guys. It'll come back someday. It's just like, (laughs) holy fuck, dude. I can't believe it. The fact that they got people to swallow that. Impressive. Oh, dude. (laughs) It it just boggles my mind. (laughs) You just think, okay, they're taking all this content away. They're going to add a lot of content. Broadcaster Nichols... I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there is a single new crucible or gambit map in this expansion. I've done a bunch Negative. of crucibles and I've done a bunch of gambits. It is all the same maps, not a single new fucking map. Yep. One new strike. Which was mediocre at best. Yep. Super short. Super, super short. short. And not eventful either. Like, it's just, yeah. like, it felt super rehashy. It didn't, there was no, like, oh, this is super cool. Like, this is something I haven't seen before. Nothing like that. It was, you've if you've played Destiny for five years, you've seen this shit before. Yeah. It just makes you beg the question, like, how do they even get away, like, from, like, 
the better bit like how is there not a better business bureau investigation going on and how these guys can even call this an expansion like in what world what world can Mm -hmm. they use and justify the term expansion right it's tough like that's why when i say like it should have been an update it should have been an update out of good conscience from them because (laughs) you can't take that much away and give so little and make them pay for it on top of that and gate some of it, the content behind a battle pass and behind your monetization store. Insane. Mm-hmm. Insane. It is. And uh, you know what else is insane? Still no matchmaking for raids. No matchmaking for nightfalls. <laughs> no in-game looking for group. No in-game clan finder system and no chat rooms. It's a philosophy thing at Bungie. We don't think um, players want <laughs> to have uh, the ability to go in with strangers for high-level content. We think that most strangers act dumb with each other and can't coordinate. They're just apes, and it only... Uh, only through the marvel of things like discord and stuff like that uh, do they become civilized and are able to understand mechanics in our game. And That's MMO, roughly how it goes. An MMO that outsources its fucking looking for group system in the year 2020. It is, man, this game does a lot of things where I'm just like, how is this fucking possible? But <clears throat> out of everything I just said, the LFG part is the big red flag. It's like, okay, the matchmaking thing, I see an argument. The chat rooms, I see an argument. LFG? You you literally won't give your fucking player base a way to coordinate groups in your game because you think that it's bad for people to be able to do content? These what? guys created matchmaking. Remember that. Bungie created They did, dude. They did. (laughs) Halo 1, you're right, dude. They totally did. I mean, I think technically SOCOM did. Like, you remember that first SOCOM game for PS2? I think Bungie was the first one to do it stably, though. Maybe. (laughs) Sorry, SOCOM. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good caveat there. You're probably right with that qualifier on it. They definitely perfected it, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, they're just straight up like, you know... We don't want to make an LFG system in our game, so we're just going to let some random websites on the internet handle that for us in Discord. <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit attitude to have about Such your a disservice. MMO. Such a disservice. <laughs> and that, I think that's part of the reason why they need to decide if they're MMO or not. If they're not an MMO, then stop pretending to be one, and we won't complain about shit yeah. like this. But if you're going to be an MMO, fucking be an MMO. Yeah. I think what it all boils down to is the constraints of the engine that they have admitted to themselves numerous times and they just aren't, no one's willing to look at it enough or they aren't willing to admit it enough that all these things stem from that problem, that it's hard to do, change it or implement anything new like Mm -hmm. LFG or matchmaking or, or new maps easily or, um, you know, uh, having all the planets in at once like really those planets leaving were a technical issue 
Do you think I, so? I, I get, do you really absolutely. Think that's, if that's true, then holy shit, are we fucking absolutely? <laughs> they wanted to increase the lighting, right? They wanted to make everything that was going to be existing still in the game look shinier and newer because of next gen coming, right? That's their that's mm. their little remedy to make Destiny Two look better in the new coming consoles, right? Is yeah. that lighting system they just implemented and Europa. And I guarantee you, they wouldn't have been able to fit even the planet, let alone the new lighting system with those other four plants they took took away. There's just no fucking Damn. way. Dude. I didn't even. The think game was that. already getting bloated. Look how short the menu load time got when they took away those four planets. Yes. My load time, my computer got cut in half almost. It is super noticeable how quickly Destiny Two starts up now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I'm thinking, like, man, if those four plants were still there, Europa's now added, and the new lighting. Fuck, dude, it probably would have took like man. eight minutes for Destiny to start up. <laughs> that is a <laughs> that's an exaggeration. That's but. a stunning theory, though, because I didn't realize it until you just brought that up. But it's true. The game totally is, is loading faster now. Yeah. Could it be that this game was loading all these planets at launch and that's what was slowing down all of the Ooh. Well, I think there's I think there's like a template that it's loading for sure, right? And then it it loads everything at canon and instance based, right? But yeah, for sure something huge was take going on on the front end when that game's starting. That's such a crazy design decision from like the person that designed the engine of Bun- or not Bungie the the engine of Destiny. That is such a bizarre design decision to make to load everything before you even decide where you're going in a Dude. game that's non persistent in multiple worlds. That's so crazy. Who knows, man? It's again, it's like a keys to the castle type thing, man. <laughs> you have no idea what goes on in the back end. And for a game oh, yeah. with such grand ideas to just get rebooted one year or, or on the year it's supposed to release and then an, eventually gets you find out gets scrapped and remade in an entirety in a year. I don't know. And then you come you you extrapolate all the way out and they're just like it's hard to make stuff for this game that <laughs> we had a 10-year plan for. Mm-hmm. It, what happened? Did someone like blow up your fucking golden goose before they left <laughs> and you had to re put it back together? And now you're just like, it's hard to keep it together. <laughs> yeah. And we've also talked about the fact that developers in the past have leaked out information about working on destiny Two, And one of the accusations from a former employee is that to just edit a planet of destiny two, there's like a nine hour loading process into the editor. Right. That is fucking batshit crazy. But you think like, I just, I don't know how it all works, but I know enough how, where, why can't you just have dedicated systems that are time to boot on and start those processes up well before your employees come into the office and then they run off virtual environments on those machines. You're assuming the middle management at Bungie's good. <laughs> but, it, it, but it just boggles my mind. Yeah, I know <laughs> it is. <laughs> that being said, Broadcaster Nichols, do you recommend Destiny 2 Beyond Light? To the poor soul listening to this podcast that has yet to shill over their hard-earned dollars to Bungie Incorporated. Don't recommend it at $40. <laughs> I recommend it maybe when it's on sale for $15, 20 bucks, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
But then again, it's just like if you're a free to play person, no, just don't even buy it. It's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> There's so much that you can play in that game that, and some of this eventually trickles down to you. Just wait. There's no need. It's not worth it for forty, especially for forty dollars. Yeah. At this point, and this is with we haven't done the raid yet, so that's the only caveat I'll give. But I'll say at this point, with current knowledge, I would not recommend this game at all. I would not recommend this expansion at all. I think that if you're on the fence about Beyond Light and Destiny Two, and you're listening to this right now, it'd go with your gut. I kind of wish I did. Fucking A. Broadcaster Nichols, are you ready to get to our spoiler section? Indeed. Broadcaster Nichols, Aramis is the weakest Destiny villain of all time. What say you? She just didn't have enough time, dude. She could have been fleshed out. She could have been the greatest villain ever. I personally think she's my favorite <laughs> well uh, who is a better destiny villain than aramis tell me right now uh who let's see savala <laughs> fired <laughs> god damn it Guardian. <laughs> who's the janitor who's at the bottom that was like a prisoner on the leviathan <laughs> that's actually my that's actually my real favorite character, Sweeperbot. <laughs> I think his name's Benedict, Benedict Forty Eight, or something like that. Dude, Aramis to me, completely. Not only is she the weakest Destiny villain of all time, but she completely obliterates the entire fallen enemy race as a cool enemy race in Destiny. Before Aramis, before this expansion, I looked at the fallen is like this sort of like mystical alien race. that sort of reminded me of like Stargate, like sort of this exotic kind of tribal alien race that you didn't know a lot about except for like, they had fucking eyeball mechanical eyeballs that floated behind them and gave them power and shit. Like it was just, there was like this real intrigue and mystery with them. And then Aramis shows up and turns them into like, uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> it was the it was the destruction of the fallen race to me. Well, I mean, I think it was going to be the destruction of the fallen race, but she didn't get her way, right? You know what I'm saying? Hey, no, oh, no, no, that wasn't that wasn't sexual, but I said it anyways. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Instead, we have we have her in like this very letdown of a boss fight where you just smoke her ass like in two minutes and then she looks at the sky and is like the sky's real beautiful ain't it Sarge and then dies on the battlefield but instead is frozen in stasis power because you know it's destiny too beyond light stasis power yeah it'd be a shame if they ever like you know fully developed and fleshed out you know the elixni in their full potential, you know, and showed exactly why they were so dependent on the servitors and the ether that the servitors produced. And the fact that the Elixni were the original race that the traveler um, endowed with light, endowed with light. And then 
when the darkness came to the Elixney's galaxy, fucking travelers abandoned them, hightailed them, and left for fucking Milky Way galaxy and picked the humans <laughs> next, right? And the Elixney followed the traveler to this galaxy and saw what they were doing with the humans. And they're like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> it was a really cool storyline that it really isn't talked about in the in game too much. It's all in lore and stuff like that. It's just like, oh, fuck all that. Now we're just going to we're going to bring Aramis in and we're going to make the fallen more like the humans. <laughs> just just dependent on this on the, the light. Oh, no, sorry. The darkness. Mm, <laughs> it's just so yeah. dumb. Dumb is the best way to put it. Like the dialogue, the writing for Aramis was just so bad. Every line that boss uttered was complete garbage. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I I struggle to think of worse villains in sci-fi history, not even just destiny history. Like I look at that boss yeah. and I'm just like, you suck on every level possible. I would like to delete you from my memory. I'm hoping that eventually if this game franchise ever turns around that they'll eventually the Lixney will actually build up to a pretty cool storyline because from D one to present D two, the Lixney, if you really look at them when you stand back quite a bit, they're the most reskinned race, even from D one, like they, they fucked around with Siva becoming splicers. Um, they fucked around with dark ether and forsaken and became the scourge. There's now the, what are they called? Salvation house of salvation on Europa that has the darkness. So it kind of illustrates in a more broader sense that this race, this elixir um, species is really desperate to find something other than ether because ether can only be produced by these servitors that they're losing the ability of production because they keep on losing all the fights they get get into, which doesn't <laughs> allow them to really manufacture more goods. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're eventually they're seeing the end of their rope. So they're trying to get off, wean off ether and find something else. Which darkness was the next big thing that failed again. So I'm hoping in that sense that eventually they'll get to this point where they'll use that, that hindsight and look back and be like, maybe we need to look within and not outward. (laughs) That type of thing. And something cool happens. (laughs) It's crazy to me that like everything you just said sounds great. And it'd be cool if Bungie could say that in their fucking game. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, dude, none of that comes across. It's just like a bunch of nonsense, man. I'm telling you, dude, if I could get you to if if the majority of Destiny players knew just the beginning origins of the hive, I think within the 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 confines of the actual game, not I'm not saying if they just read the lore and they'd be like swooned by it, but I'm like, I'm saying if like what they have in lore wise for the beginning of the hive, because it is so fucking cool. If that was in game in any type of res- representation, this game would be 10 times more popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's profound. The type of stuff they talk about in their lore, but none of it ever makes it into the game. Yeah. And it's just, it makes you want to be like, I wish I was rich so I could go track down the man who invented all of this lore for Destiny that no longer works at the company and be like, hey, dude, 
we're going to make a game together now. Come over here. <laughs> because the guy had great ideas, and Bungie squandered all of them. <laughs> well, I think there was a base idea, and then they had a bunch of writers doing the actual lore, right? And then when the whole scuffle, McRuffle, Delio in 2013 happened, I think they had to lean on all this lore that all these independent writers and other employees wrote based on the main dude's stuff. And that worked for a while. That's why there was so much lore tabs in D1 and not so much in-depth stuff in D2. It, 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 you Most know, they're running Destiny 2's lore happens in the fucking raids. Yeah, it's... That's weird, just, isn't it? I, yeah, and it's kind of upsetting too because I just went on today and I haven't even got to play the raid yet, but it gave me the raid, the ending raid cutscene. Really? They're like, hey, someone beat the raid, world first beat the raid, so here's the cutscene after you beat the raid. It's like, cool. And then also, you get this quest available to you, even though you didn't beat the raid. So now there's this exotic sword quest available at Banshee. Oh. Four. And, and it's actually a storyline quest and Banshee 44 is starting to remember who he is so it's like cool so I clearly now know that the raid has something to do with Clovis Bray for sure you do meet him because Clovis Bray AI is now talking to me <laughs> so it's like all these things are happening you, you as a player if you didn't play the raid you really don't know why any of it's happening and it's kind of just ruining the storyline for you on week three. Oh god yeah <laughs> it's still week two <laughs> it's like okay if you're gonna do that make the person earn it don't just give everyone yeah. the results and like, they're afraid push them to along. do that they're Ugh. really afraid to do that because i would have respected them a lot more if I would have went on the internet and then I would have found out, you know, like, Oh, the super, you get access to the super dope weapon quest after you beat the raid, you know, you're like, Oh, that's even more incentive you know, uh, reason to get past the raid, not only playing the raid and getting the exclusive loot that should be there. I hope I'm not quite sure if it's even there, <laughs> but on top of that, now you get exclusive access to some dope weaponry. But God forbid, they're afraid to do that. <laughs> they are. And uh, they're also afraid to design a new planet that actually has content on it. Uh, <laughs> it will over time. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Give us time. Trust the plan. Trust the plan. Trust uh, the plan. Europa was a work of art, but it felt more like a mirage in the end because after you beat the campaign and you look around, you're like, well, wait a second. 75% of this map I only went to once and there's literally nothing to do there. And then the other 25% of the map, they sent you up there like 18 times and you did the same yeah. shit over and over in this one small part of Europa. Yeah. There's a good chunk of Europa so far is only there for the base camp in that temple. Mm-hmm. That's just such a waste. It makes no sense. It's like it's one thing to have that area if there was more on Europa, but there's not. So seeing that, you're just like, man, why don't you utilize this space a little bit more? 
Yeah. Visually it's awesome, but like content wise, you just you're just like, wow, dude, this is less content than I've ever gotten in this game. It, it's so it I like you know oh we're releasing new content every week and so far that seems to be true it does seem like they are releasing new content every week but it's like dude dude I paid for an expansion I didn't pay for like a weekly subscription box that is what it's starting to feel like there's no doubt about it yeah I think they're just yeah it's, it's just. <sighs> Now that Activision is gone, there are no excuses, and I think the whole player base is starting to feel the fact that there's just no more excuses anymore. <laughs> I truly, if if Destiny gets to be to Lightfall, I will with you know an enthusiastic development team behind it. I will be fucking shocked. <laughs> I will be. <laughs> I just can't imagine the game has that much steam left in it. No. Not after this. <laughs> no, not after this like four hour campaign thud fest with one strike that was super mediocre. No new map for Crucible. No new map for Gambit. Just like nothing. Like it's a giant nothing, this expansion. It's all of that will nothing. come in time. Yeah, yeah. Over time. And that's not part of it's it's so sinister when you really think about it too, because the you think about these roadmaps they give you, and they're just like, <laughs> look at all this stuff we'll give you over time. But really, it's just stuff that you already promised that you failed to deliver, and now you're adding it to the roadmap and saying you're pointing to it like, look at all this stuff we're gonna do for you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, also f- a big fuck you to our ghost. Uh, I hate him. I want him to die. And he is worse. Anyone than this, likes him in this expansion. He is worse than ever. They it's like they went out of their way to make him even worse. Oh man, his darkness lines were so oh. cringy. Oh god. I'm your ghost and you're my guardian. <laughs> I dude, I just you bring it up is making me cringe. It's so bad. And you know what? The worst part about it isn't even the line itself. It's the fact that it will repeat that same little conversation over and over. Like there's this one conversation the ghost has with you is like I was thinking about it. And you're right. I know I was mean to you about the darkness powers, but now I know that my job is to be your ghost and I shouldn't question you. I'm so sorry for questioning you about the darkness powers. And you're just like, dude, I've heard that line play five times now because anytime you go to the specific area of Europa, he says it again. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a bug. I don't know what it is, but it's happened to me five times now. It's like, dude, this line sucks so bad the first time I heard it. But when I heard it the fifth time, I literally want to strangle the developer that wrote it, that put it into the game. Crazy thing is, this line that you hate so much, it's based on a conversation that they didn't even have. (laughs) 
there's no conversation where you and your ghost are like talking and you're like dude i'm gonna do this shit and your ghost's like nah you better not like mm-hmm. it's not a good idea there's no conversation like that at all no your the- ghost brings up one time before you actually get the powers it's just like I don't know. Isn't isn't this the thing we've been fighting the whole time? And then easily gives up without questions. Like, all right, let's try it out. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, so it's bad. And th- not only is the writing bad, I just despise the voice actor. Like the voice. I maybe he does other voices well. I don't hate him as a person. But it's his, Nolan North. No oh God, that's Nolan, Nolan North. North. God damn it. I know it's crazy when God. you think it when you find out. <laughs> I'm like, That's they Nolan must North? hate masculinity so much to cuck Nolan North to this level, <laughs> right? Because you look at Nolan North, wow. you're like, "That's a that's a fine specimen of an alpha male right there." Holy and shit. then you look at the ghost. Are you listen to the ghost and destiny? And you're like, "Nah." <laughs> Which begs the question: Why is Bungie cucking us with this ghost? Why are they forcing this shitty ghost on us? Once upon a time, I was hoping it was because you were going to kill the fucker or he was going <laughs> to die. It's just like he was just, they were making him unlikable, <laughs> you know? And they just kept going with it. <laughs> it's it's like, crazy, what? dude. No one likes this ghost. No one. But no- <laughs> and it's, it's not like he's recast to be Dinklebot either. They're different ghosts, yeah. dude. They have totally different personalities dialogue style everything about them are different it's not like it's nolan north doing dinklebot it's a totally different ghost yeah it's so funny too because if you google like the voice of the ghost or whatever it says nolan north but above nolan north is a a picture of peter dinklage (laughs) (laughs) so even google's kind of like porn you know it's just like well yeah maybe but not really right (laughs) oh my god well (laughs) i have to hand it to google on that one that's that's some good ai right there god uh what's not good though is the new strike uh Super stale and rehashy. Yeah, I feel like that's all strikes for quite some time now. <laughs> You're right. right. It like, is. I feel like strike. strike it, hmm. if if MMO, if, if if Destiny was, wow. if Destiny used proper MMO attributes, then strikes would be dungeons. Mm-hmm. essentially yeah they should. right and they're all just parts from the main storyline cut out right and reused taken away make the make the enemies a little bit harder and that's about it mm-hmm. and it's just they don't feel none of them ever felt creative. I think it, it, a few stand out and they're not actually storyline missions. They're actually standalone instances w- that you don't get through the natural storyline progression at all. You actually have to queue for them outside of the storyline. They unlock at some point during the storyline, but they're not like a natural area that you already go through, you know. In the storyline, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
there's like when destiny one first came out and i think some destiny two strikes as well they they kind of just rehashed sections of storyline missions and bottled them and called them strikes whereas other strikes now they've kind of made a new style of just making standalone content that is a strike which i think they should be but they're just not creative they're just always so they're rather super short and bullet sponge enemies or they are super long areas that barely have any enemies right think about tree of probability right think of you remember that strike that's one of my favorite strikes in the entire game one of the coolest strikes right mm-hmm. think about how many areas you just zoom by with your speeder <laughs> there's no yeah. like there's that one area where you jump off with your speeder and you land in that little intermediate area and then you go to that huge tubular cutout that has the lasers Mm -hmm. no there's no point in stopping in that area even though there's a little war going on there right yeah the enemies and everything there's no creativity at all yeah (laughs) yeah and that's kind of the sad thing about it's like very recently we have seen good content come out of this game like Early D2 had some really good strikes and had some really good raids. And then you see what we're getting now, and it's just like, man, you look at this new strike in uh Beyond Light, and it feels like what's the name of the um what's the name of the strike from Io with the Vex? The Pyramidian. Yeah, the Pyramidian. This new strike in Beyond Light feels like a super poor man's version of the Pyramidium. Yeah, for sure. Mix it with a little Fallen, because there's some Fallen encounters in it. <laughs> it's like the Pyramidium without all of the charm. It's like you take all of the charm yeah. and coolness out of the Pyramidium, and that's what you get with this new strike. There's nothing new about it. There's no cool mechanics. Nothing. You just go through it. You're like, oh, that was it. <laughs> and okay. remember... Remember when you first walked into the strike and you saw the mini Hydra come out first and you're like, oh, it's mini and big Hydra. Yeah. (laughs) Think about that. That's how it's always a big, it's always a big something, (laughs) you know, like there's no unique (laughs) boss battles. (laughs) It's just a big something. (laughs) Uh, and they always in the names they try to church those names up a lot let's be real here they really they really try to sell you hard on those names so like use your brain use your imagination it's a lot cooler that way but really that's just a fucking hydra (laughs) (laughs) i know i think about how many times i've fought the same enemy in destiny like since d1 all the way to now it's like dude i have fought the same enemy reskinned 50 times Every time it's it's amazing when you call uh, Bungie like the ultimate grifters of the gaming world, and we call them like the confidence men of game developers. It is so accurate. Like we're not <laughs> exaggerating here. Like the way they get you to pay forty dollars for shit that they've reskinned Dude, seventeen they, times. Already. They watch. <laughs> They watch Glengarry Glen Ross, man. I'm telling you, dude. Oh, they are dude. always closing, all right? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy. And 
them putting so much storyline in the raids is also crazy and I don't like it. And all I've been hearing about is how the new, like, oh, it's okay that the storyline sucked ass because the new raid is going to carry all the story. It was all in the raid the whole time, and they're just making you go. There should be a raid storyline. Well, dude, you can't. What there should be. Dude, we discussed. That's what there should be. We discussed (laughs) in the non-spoiler section, there is no matchmaking system in this game. You cannot queue for the raid. So they're basically saying to play the to play the campaign story that you paid for, you actually have to go outside of the game and go to a random website to try and find a group of mercenaries yeah. that aren't going to shame you for how bad you yeah. are before they kick you after they, the first. Yeah, <laughs> they'll so level gate. They level gate the content and put it literally at the end of said content window to acknowledge it as endgame but then act like endgame is for everybody <laughs> yeah it's for everyone it's like it's it's like storyline is supposed to be for everyone correct like the like important storyline yeah. beats is supposed to be like the main thing you get when you pay for a game for the casuals and everybody involved <laughs> and like somewhere they at bungie they all got convinced that it's just like this is endgame right yeah. yes and this is critical storyline content yes yes all right, yeah. so we're just <laughs> we're gonna do that, <laughs> and, and the average metric is like ten percent of players of MMOs do endgame. It's very small. Like yeah. most MMO players go through the leveling process, through the storyline or whatever, and then they, once they get to the end, the max level, quote unquote, yeah. endgame, they quit. So you're well, basically no, saying that the actual story is only reserved for like a tiny, tiny fraction of your player base. Yeah. Well, even even their most focused demographic, you know, uh, kids that are just in school, they don't have jobs, their parents pay for their stuff. <laughs> they don't like you know. Zoomers. Like I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that as a slight. I'm just saying that's a period in, in everybody's zoomers. life. If you His have a if you have a fortunate life. <laughs> broadcaster <laughs> avenue <laughs> nonetheless if you have a somewhat of a fortunate life it's somewhat of a period you have in your life and it's like that's like the most time focused leeches you'll have on your game right those are the people that are going to suck on every bit of content you have and get good at it and even those people are only available in seasons you know eventually school starts again or or something happens, you know, or they get a little bit older and then their workload starts or what, whatever it is. Like eventually they move on. So it's like, I don't get how they can literally hide important chunks of story behind something that a huge chunk of the player base will never play. Never. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is the running theme with this game. It's sad as fuck, but doesn't seem like it'll change anytime soon. <sighs> Brightcaster Nichols, did anything in this expansion excite you? The darkness that wasn't really there <laughs> again. It's so ice. Are you talking about the the Elsa's frozen magic from the Disney movie Elsa? No, Disney movie Frozen starring Elsa. There we go. I got it. Sorry, Zoomers. I grew up in the 90s and the 80s. I don't know. But I pretend I'm with you, Zoomers. 
Send your hate mail to I think Ro- I think I think Europa and the prospect of a new subclass was the most exciting thing, you know. And they mm-hmm. were fun, you know. But that uh, yeah, that's all I can say really, is they were fun. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't call cool visuals exciting. I've seen so many cool visuals in my life. Well, you haven't played the warlock super <laughs> yet. All right. True, Once you get true. that in your hands, you'll be like all right, I'm a little, I'm a little swollen yeah. up here. <laughs> I just, I just throw shurikens that create OP heat-seeking ice tornadoes that one shot yeah. people. But uh, <laughs> well, those are sickles, <laughs> dude. The, Get your shit straight. So, so yeah, the only exciting thing about this expansion is the new uh, type of power. So it's not a new subclass; it's actually a new genre of subclass. The darkness. It's darkness. And, yeah. and we have this one version of the darkness, which is essentially Elsa's ice magic. And we throw a grenade and say, uh, let it go. And we start singing. <laughs> uh, that's basically what happens now in Destiny. And in PvP, it's especially bad. Like, everyone uses ice And I'll magic. tell you right now, the very last thing people do when they get frozen is let it go. <laughs> that shit stews internally. <laughs> it, does. it does. The ice magic is broken. Uh, PVP is essentially use ice or lose. That's basically where we're at now in PVP. And uh, apparently, I think they nerfed it a little that. bit. I haven't played it since they nerfed it, but oh, there was a nerf. I think so. Okay. I think they nerfed the ice abilities a little bit. I have not experienced that yet. Uh, and before the nerf, it was really bad. So maybe it's been fixed. If that's true, uh, that's cool. But actually, my real point here is that nothing really excited, exciting happened in this expansion except for this new power. But this new power isn't really that exciting because it doesn't really fit in the game. It looks weird. It doesn't fit with every other power in this game. No, it doesn't. And you know, it might be by design, you know, it should it be, you know, cause so far I'm going to give, I'm giving it the, the game, the most benefit of the doubt as I can at this point. All right. So hear me out. <laughs> it is the darkness, right? It's supposed to be Nichols the exact opposite in the mail. Okay. So we're going to get this it, lecture now. It is supposed to be the exact opposite of the light, which mm-hmm. is the only thing we've had for six plus years, right? Or whatever, six years, I think. So it, maybe that's appropriate to feel that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a good thing. All right. Well, so, I guess what you're saying is that light is ethereal and darkness is physical. And that's why the first darkness power was very physical and visceral with like yeah. ice blocks appearing that you can jump on and interact yeah. with as real objects. So and what are the they going to do with the other two then? Because you're not going to have poison ice to deal with. You're going to stand poison. on poison. Like what are you going to do? You're going to force push the poison. Like the way they've set a precedent with this first darkness power is that darkness powers are a whole different ball game. What do you actually expect they're going to do with the other two? I think it's going to be parasitical. So I think you're going to infect people with poison and they can pat. There's going to, it's going to be like a debuff that you can pass on to your teammates and stuff. So it's going to, it is somewhat physical because it now changes the dynamic of how you have to interact with your teammates on a PVP format, at least, um, you know, 
because we already seen poison in thorn it's the only weapon of its kind in destiny that <laughs> does does that does uh, poison and now they just added a new gauntlet in uh beyond light that uh complements it so everyone's thinking that poison is definitely going to be the next subclass because it's you know it's darkness themed and it's pretty obvious now that that's the one of the most unique things that they've done nothing with that they've hinted at they have the ability to do in <laughs> the super serious confines of developing anything in the destiny engine <laughs> poison well Kefka yeah, so, would be proud yeah but who knows what the the third one could be um uh, well you think it would be void <laughs> it could be it could be shadow graduate Esther nichols and you are a a vaunted defender of Bungie. You've received many, <laughs> many high quality stakes from Bungie in your time as a follower. Tell me how they can justify Void being a part of Light now that there is a darkness tree. Please elaborate, Broadcaster Nichols. <sighs> you know, I, I really don't know. It's so, I, again, this harkens back to the idea that everything that's being made so far is by people that had no idea what Mm -hmm. the original intentions of the storyline was. Yep. Because the fact that void exists in its original kind of description, they might've changed it a little bit to justify it. Now they they probably most definitely have now, but nonetheless, the original description of the void was pretty much, finding the darkness and the light essentially mm-hmm. like going to the darkest points of the energy that's given to you in the light you know AKA and something out the fucking darkness yes exactly. yeah <laughs> and so i don't know <laughs> all right well i think it's hard to just, reconcile those type of things <laughs> they just downgraded your porterhouse down to a new york strip just so you know for that response but uh Broadcaster Nichols, as you know, here on the Crack Cellar Podcast, we have a segment called The Hit, The Miss, and The Whiff. Yikes. <laughs> Broadcaster <laughs> Nichols, what is your hit? Probably Europa. Mm. Now, I'm going to go very a lot more specific. The Warlock's super ability. <laughs> very big hit. Love it. Great. <laughs> Makes you feel super dope. <laughs> I, you know, I wish you had that level of creativity for the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they definitely seem to use all their creativity on the Warlock this time around, for sure. Uh, my hit is Varric's voice actor. I don't like the character Varric very much, but I fucking love his voice actor. And when he would do his little lines and he'd like go between like syllables and between words i don't know what it was about it but it just was really fucking authentic and i don't usually like it when uh voice actors put speech impediments on their deliveries like usually it comes off super cringy to me and i'm just like oh shut the fuck up stop with that crap when he did it 
it made me kind of giggle a little bit. Like I liked it. it. I don't know what it was about it, but I really loved the way he delivered his shit lines that the writers delivered to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that is one of the tragedies. I mean, you look at the talent they have behind voice actors, and they probably just fucking loathe delivering those lines. <laughs> He Heads up, Guardian. <laughs> any any time he got a new page of dialogue, he probably rolled his eyes to the back of his head for sure. Uh, that being said, Bradcaster Nichols, what is your miss? You know, I think we spent a lot of time tonight talking about the misses. <laughs> a lot to um, choose from. I think the miss is the content. The wet, the the loot con, the loot pool, the uh, like, how little they gave you. It's a literal miss. There was nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the biggest miss of the of the of the expansion is the fact that, like they took so much away, and they said, "Don't worry, we're going to start giving you some cool shit that you won't even care. You won't. You'll forget that you were missing it." <laughs> you know, and that's exactly the opposite they did, at least so far. My miss is the campaign, <laughs> which is the game, basically. It's the game minus the raids. The campaign was garbage. Uh, nothing about it was good. The premise of it was bad. Uh, what resulted of all the character interactions was bad. Uh, the progression of the levels was bad. The level design was bad. The music was surprisingly bad. <laughs> Everything about it was bad except for the graphics. Like, could you imagine if you put this exact same game, but like with some really bunk ass graphics, how you would react to this game? Oh, you it would be garbage dude you would clash schmuck on steam dude <laughs> dude it would be getting review bombed on steam right now if it weren't for how pretty europa is in my opinion it's just it was a bad campaign beginning to end every oh it is dude it's like 3.3 meta scores pretty sure it's getting pretty bad scores and that's with that's with the amazing art that's in this game that's my point like imagine if it was just like garbage art from like some bargain bin developer using like pre-made assets or something like man just really really bad game overall the, the <laughs> i hope to hell the raid redeems this game in some way because if this raid tier in Destiny Beyond Light does not just hit all the bells and whistles, if it is not at least a 9 out of 10 or higher, this expansion was a total and utter failure. And even if it does go 9 or 10 or higher, it's borderline. That being said, Broadcaster Nichols, what is your whiff? I think the whiff is actually going to be stasis in general mm. just poorly implemented kind of like looks like on paper it looks like a fucking knockout of the park but you implement it's like you guys did nothing to fucking plan for the implementation of this <laughs> you're just like how are we gonna wow them yeah. let's wow them <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think 
it's just, I don't know, man. It's so hard to even think about these this section of the podcast because of how bad this franchise has come to and how poorly this fucking expansion was put together. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like, true. what isn't a miss and a whiff? <laughs> yeah. Like some things we review, it's like there's so many hits to pick from and there's very few misses and whiffs. So it's a lot harder. But in this one, it's the total opposite. Like it was hard for me to think of a hit when I was racking my brains and the hit I came up with is pretty low tier. If you think about it, this is like the, (laughs) the the exact opposite, but you get the same level of difficulty answering it from the first season of raised by wolves. You know, it's easy to say a hit, just pick one. Uh And then you're like the miss and the whiff. You're like, how dare you You come at me with something else, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, my whiff is just them removing 60 to 70% of the game's content and an expansion that replaced it with like 5 to 10% of the content that was deleted. You say whiff, I say black hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This you imagine what was going through their heads. Like it's when you brought up the technical part of it and you're like, well, wait a second, I have faster load times now. Maybe they deleted all these planets to increase the performance. I'm just sitting here thinking like, holy fuck, did they really just delete half the game because their game's coded so poorly that they they need to to maintain proper performance? Well, they admitted to it in dev notes. They, they And the, guy, the main guy admits to it. He's just like, we need to make room for more content. He's like, if you want to see the game go on and you want to allow us to not make another game, please, then you'll let us delete this content and make room for more. <laughs> that's, Dude, that's a huge whiff, especially if you're trying to be an MMO, because MMOs do not remove content. That is the most no. bizarre thing I've ever heard of in my life. Now, if you're just like some sort of game that isn't an MMO, then how about you declare it and you stop pretending and you just be what you are. Broadcaster Nichols, as you know, here on the Crack Seller Podcast, we have the official, patented Joker rating system. <sighs> on that system, what do you rate Destiny 2 Beyond Light? Dude, I'm going to give it a fucking Caesar Romero X Skrillex dubstep. (laughs) (laughs) It is something terrible. (laughs) I'm going to give it a Caesar Romero. (laughs) I'm going to call that a C minus. (laughs) That was a C minus. (laughs) You know, I think Cesar Romero just raised his eyebrow a little higher after that call. <laughs> that was an extra high eyebrow, Cesar Romero. Rest in power, Cesar. Yeah. yeah. Still better than Jared Leto. And uh, <laughs> speaking of Jared Leto, I'm going to give this to Jared Leto. <laughs> speaking of fucking bad fish. <laughs> I wanted to like this expansion so much. I love Ice Planets. I love the whole concept of riding a speeder on the snow. You know, like this, 
everything about this expansion screams me. I should love this expansion. This should be everything I ever hoped or dreamed for. But in the end, I got a piece of shit expansion that added barely any content, maybe four hours of a campaign, Every single line of dialogue was cringy. The ghost sucked. Varix was written like a bitch. Fucking Aramis was written like an even bigger bitch. Savala just, you know, did his normal, hey, Guardian thing. And, like, we're just, there's nothing here. There's nothing in this expansion. I feel like I got mugged in an alleyway. I feel like Bruce Wayne's parents right now. (laughs) And with that, we will close out. You know, I don't know about you, but when I first got onto Hoth, or I mean Europa, <laughs> I was like, man, it'd be really cool right now if we had like some close to snow themed Star Wars S speeders or something like that. <laughs> and then you know what I did? I went to Eververse. And you know what they had? Exactly that for 10 fucking dollars. <laughs>